for our diving Hope comes and stops us in our tracks Bravely we prove in our striving Trudging together each day Where there's a will, there's a way Hello everyone and welcome to Raw Recovery with Denise today. I'm your host, Dion Miller. Today is Tuesday, our Tuesday setting of Raw Recovery. Um, I actually met Denise in my, uh, in my home group. Um, so um, I have a friend named Kat. She, she kind of picks people. We, we share a lot of speakers because <laughs> both her and I are good at finding speakers that are willing to come on, share their stories, their experience, strength, and hope. Um, and Denise, you are, you are one of those people. Um, I really, really, I mean, I, I listened to you speak for five minutes, eh? and I just enjoyed everything that you said for that. You kept me captivated for five minutes. That's a, that's a heck of a feat in my book. <laughs> so, um, Denise, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking your time and coming on and sharing your experience, strength, and hope. Well, great, Dion. Thank you so much. Uh, I am a little nervous, but I am very pleased to do something new. Um, I uh, and I do like seeing you at, my, at the home group. Or, you know, our home Thank group. You. I, Thank I you. I love that. I love what you share. Also. Thank you. And, um, yeah, and there was actually something that you just said that I thought was a great leeway, and then the compliment threw me off. Ah! <laughs> Talk about pride, Dion. Wow. So, um, Denise, uh, and thank you very much. Yes, we have a fantastic home group. We have at Orchard Club, orchardclubsouth.org. I'll plug it. Um, we have a fantastic group there, guys. So go check it out. So, Denise, let's get back to you because this is your show. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and open it up and I'm going to let you get started with your story. Well, thank you, Dion. Um, you know, I do love uh, when I when I first came to AA, um, I managed to almost not speak for two years. Wow. <laughs> I, I kind of hid. Okay. And um, and at two years sober, I moved to Los Angeles and okay. uh, was asked to tell my story. And I thought I would just puke. <laughs> and um, the my sponsor was so wonderful. She said, we have an outline, you know, mm -hmm. what it was like what happened and what it's like now. Mm -hmm. And you, and if you follow that outline and you stop when you're supposed to stop, you mm -hmm. have been success. She said, no, you have to get sober. And then you stop when you stop, you're successful. There you so go. she said, all you have to do is get sober before you stop talking. There and uh, so, so I've always loved that. Um, That's a great way to put it. Cause a lot of times, and it's a good script to follow, especially for us. Cause otherwise we're all over the place. And when, as alcoholics, we kind of need direction. Nothing wrong with that. I, I always love a little bit of direction to get me going. Uh, yeah, I, I needed the discipline of the program. I really, I thought I, I, thought I knew a lot when I got mm -hmm. here. <laughs> um, even though I was a falling down drunk, I uh -huh. thought I knew things. Um, so I'm going to start at my childhood. Um, okay. Just to let you know, I grew up in a family. Uh, my mother was an alcoholic. She was... Uh, she liked to go out drinking, um, so she flipped cars, got arrested. Uh, okay. A lo lot of excitement, a lot of drama. Okay. Uh, my my father uh, was there. Um, he uh, 
was uh, um, a workaholic. So he okay. pretty much came home, ate dinner, fell asleep, and then she would start drinking and then either go out or stay home, depending okay. on things. So I, I grew up knowing that alcoholism existed. Okay. I grew up knowing uh, what alcoholism looked like. Okay. And um, so I swore I would never never do that exactly uh, yeah you're but, gonna, be, gonna last... be more like dad dad's the responsible one but which which i but was quote unquote, I, yeah yeah i had two brothers so i was definitely mm. the mother of the two brothers um, younger brothers okay i was gonna and, ask if you were the oldest because it sounded yes. like you were okay. yeah so so i took on the aca over mm -hmm. hyper responsibility got it uh, can, um, still still go to al-anon for that today and okay. um i uh or actually, I go more to Al-Anon for it today. Do you? Um, probably than in the beginning, because because you know, in the beginning, I just wanted to quit drinking. But yeah. Um, so uh, so my house, you know, I knew I was, I knew that um, what alcoholism looked like. So I, when I started drinking, I started drinking just only with friends. I never saw my mother drinking with people because she would go out and go drinking in a bar. So we, okay. we would never see what that looked like. Okay. And when she was at home, what it looked like was sitting and watching TV and drinking out of this red glass that was full of vodka. Okay. And uh, so, so that to me was never going to be the way I drank. So okay. I became a party girl, <laughs> which, which is actually much uglier, it turns out. Yeah. But um, <laughs> Uh, so in my teenage years, that consisted of uh, putting my parents' liquor in jars okay. and uh, mixing it all and then just choking it down. Mm -hmm. And uh, that actually turns out to be the way I drink for the rest of the time yep. is I, I drink Sounds straight liquor. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Why would drink you butter straight? it up? Don't. Yeah. I, I chase my beer with hard alcohol. Yeah. I, you know, and so that, and that's what I would do, except for pretty much it was beer or wine. I didn't care, but it was always shots of something. Okay. And it was really, didn't like the taste of any of it. Um, wanted the effect, you know, mm -hmm. I just, I wanted to be out of my skin. You know, I don't know if I felt, I've heard people say they felt prettier. They felt, you know, I, I don't know if I felt all that. All I know okay. is I didn't feel like me. Okay. And that was all that mattered. And that's what I we didn't, were going for. Okay. Yeah, I didn't want to be me. Didn't want to be me. You know, it was it was painful. Okay. Uh, so you know, the problems actually started early. You know, mm -hmm. I would pass out at parties, and um, so in high school, it was already turning out to be a terrible woman's drunkalog. Okay. And um, and I, I just uh, I just couldn't. I probably knew alcohol was creating the problems at some level, but I really felt like it was circumstances and people, okay. you know, it, it was circumstances and people. And so, um, I fixed that by getting married. And, uh, so I, that I got my dad married. Happy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's so funny about the dad part is that he, um, he almost never would. He almost never would talk about my husband until I get divorced, and I do okay. get divorced in a little bit. And uh, <laughs> at the time that I get divorced, my father then like loves my ex-husband. Uh, so that was interesting in itself. That is kind um, of a interesting path for a relationship. Okay, all right. Yeah, like he he was never good enough. The right thing. He hated that I got married early. I would have done anything to get out of my house. Okay. And um, 
So, and my mother had actually left at one point and she came back for my wedding. My dad paid for her to come back home okay. and, and they get back together at that time. And the next five years are the best years of their marriage. So awesome. that, that was, that was an amazing thing, but she still drinks through this. She, okay. she didn't quit drinking. Um, so well, good I for get, your dad though. He need, yeah. he deserved that. He did. So good. Yeah. Well, to give her a chance and to have it, have them have so much fun and laugh and yeah you know there's got to be some good times in a relationship there does yeah (laughs) it was great so my father passes away when i'm like 25 years old uh okay and um i had already moved out here to to denver and i live i grew up in dc suburbs virginia all right and i moved to denver with a boy and we moved right to the mountains okay and Boy, you know, for someone who has a drinking problem, uh, yeah, I know about them the mountains. Yeah, people think that uh, you move to Colorado, you go to the mountains, you're gonna be safe from drugs and alcohol. But that's where all the good stuff's at. That that was just <laughs> for me, it, and the fact that I didn't know very many people. Yeah, you know, I worked in the bar business. Okay. You know, um, I started in the bar business. I went to college and dropped out, and. Um, then got married. And then uh, when I got separated from my husband, I started working in the bar business. Okay. And that actually becomes my career for the next 10 years. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, and we always used to have a funny little saying, I've heard it before in the rooms is whoever works the most shifts is the alcoholic that week. <laughs> and uh, I really was the alcoholic. Yeah. I was a falling down a falling down, passing out, drunk in public. Yeah. Did did my computer? No, you're that okay. Compu- okay. You're okay. okay. Um, so it was just, uh, it was accelerating, accelerating, accelerating. And I, I don't know, you know, I think I blacked out even in high school drinking. Sure. Um, most, most of my drinking in my 20s were blackouts. Okay. Um, I, like I said, I chugged liquor, you know, I chugged Uh shots. That's, you know, that's how I drank. And, um, you know, I remember telling, I lived with the guy for seven years, but I remember like three, four years into it, he says to me, um, you need to quit drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, And I looked at him and I said, I need help. And he said, you don't need help. You need to quit drinking. Mm -hmm. And what I heard was, keep drinking because I absolutely knew Mm -hmm. that I could do nothing about maintaining alcoholic drinking. And I also knew that I couldn't exist without it, you know, that I I was incapable. Did you, did you have some, because by this point, I mean, you're already kind of talking programs. So had you been into treatment or had some, had anything to do with AA at this point? Or no, this was I just have, knowledge from growing up. I, I, my mother, okay. my mother right. was a perfect example of how this turns out. You know, I, okay. I just, I, 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 I just knew, I knew from, I think when I started working in the bar business, okay. I knew that I couldn't limit my drinks. To, like okay. I was not a controlled drinker. And, okay at any, at any level of this, at any time, I would always just, you know, when I was in my late twenties, I would say literally zero or a thousand tonight. And I would, I would pick a thousand almost always. Okay. So, so I, 
I knew probably from my father, okay. I'm sure that he, when he would bash my mother's, you know, behavior, mm -hmm. um, I'm sure that he was using things like that, but he was sort of embarrassed. She was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he, it wasn't like he was offering any help either. You mm -hmm. know, he was embarrassed that she was, you know, bringing, being arrested, being brought home, you know, mm -hmm. my mother and dad would get into fights. She would call the police and they would arrest her. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she couldn't figure out that that may not be the winning solution. <laughs> you know, like I could, I was like 10 and yeah. I could, yeah. but uh, yeah, she, she didn't. That's because we have that mind thought that the police are called and we're involved in a DV situation that it's the man going. See, that's yes, a thought yes. process. Yes. Okay. So when the police show up and take her away. Yeah. I mean, especially in that era. Right. right? Because it, we didn't differentiate yet between that stuff yet. We weren't very good at it yet. So as a, well, as a, as a uh, society. Yeah. And my neighbors, my neighbors pretty much felt that way. It would be like, Oh my God, Jerry's being taken away again. That's my mother's first name. Okay. And you know, so it was, it was crazy, you know, yeah. it was crazy. It was, but it, but it didn't really deter me. Nope. Okay. It, it doesn't deter me. Well, you weren't drinking um, out of that red cup. So you weren't mom. Yes. Yes. Oh. I wasn't sitting home with the red cup. That's right. You know? And um, so uh, my father dies in 1982. Okay. And, um, and, he, and he dies, he gets hit by a car. Oh. Um, and I'm out here in Colorado and I go home and uh, it's sort of my responsibility to help my mom a little. Okay. And, um, you know, uh, but I'm going to tell you, I, I spent the whole entire you know, time when I was helping her, when I went back to help her, when I went back to help her move to Florida, you know, I, I was heavily drinking, you okay. know, heavily drinking. And, and most of the time now with my mother, if she's yeah. with me, yeah, you know what I mean? Say, like, you guys probably teaming up by now. Right. Right. So, mm -hmm. so she's more bearable and I'm more bearable for her when yeah. we're, we're in this altered <laughs> state. Um, so around, um, so I had moved to Colorado with the boy, remember? And that lasted seven mm -hmm. years. Okay. And seven years of dealing with me uh, became obviously unbearable for him. And he has an affair. Okay. And um, we break up. He moves out of our house. We have a house here in Denver. And he, he leaves. And within 30 days, he tells me he's going to marry this girl. Ooh, and I'm okay. like, oh, my God, he's been with me seven years. Mm -hmm. And in 30 days, he knows she's the one. Yeah. And I was like, I already had low self-esteem at its mm -hmm. lowest. And uh, to me, that was just devastating. Yeah. And and if you could say my drinking increased because it did, though, yeah. you know, like I knew it did. Like now I'm really drinking for blackout. Mm -hmm. I'm drinking for blackout. That's, that's the goal. Right. Yeah. I need, I need to not be in my skin. Well, she turns out to be pregnant by the way, but I don't learn this for months later. Probably a good <laughs> that, thing. That there were details involved that I yep. didn't know about. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that really begins the beginning of my horrific bottom. Okay. And this is 1986. And my sobriety date is June 20th, 1990. 
Okay. And so we have four years here. Yep. And four years are the ugliest mm-hmm. years of my entire life. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I decide to move to Florida uh, during this time. And um, I get to New Orleans and decide to party while I'm there. Mm-hmm. And terrible things happen that night. Um, I'm assaulted. I, yep. um, you know, the police are assholes in New Orleans. Yeah, and, they're um, a different lot. Yeah. And, and so I'm as broken as I possibly can be. And so I go to Florida and I think I last a year helping my mom, my brothers there, you know, people, this is what people would say about me always. Okay. She's such a nice girl, but, and I love it that I love it that that's, yeah, I love it that that's in the big book, but they go on to say something that, that they weren't talking about with me, that, you know, she's so nice to him or something, but actually what they would say about me, but she drinks so much, you know, like she drinks so much. Yeah. And, um, and so that was sort of how everybody felt about me for those four years, you know, like, I was just sort of the sorry, sad soul okay. uh, that, that wouldn't allow anybody to help her. You yeah. know, that was a poor me, poor me, my... poor me another yes. drink. Yes. Yes. Nobody felt sorrier for themselves than I did. Oh, Nobody. That's right. You do not challenge me on that. <laughs> I'm and sorry. I, and I was absolutely, I, if there was a God and I think I maybe believed I was brought up Catholic I maybe believed there was a God, but to okay. me, God sucked, okay. you know, like God sucked. Okay. And uh, so that's, that's really about where I'm at for my bottom. And, you know, my bottom, it turns out is um, kind of interesting because uh, it was uh, a little, um, uh, it was, I, I was partying with a girlfriend who ends up in the hospital with okay. Valium and I'm smoking pot doing right. Valium. Uh, we, the only reason I didn't do cocaine that night is because it didn't have any. Yeah. And I'm drinking to the point where I f- pass out. And when I wake up, it's kind of dark mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's day or if it's night. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just like, I, I just, and, and I'm now living with so- <laughs> with somebody who I'd met a few months ago because yeah. I'm getting ready to go to Florida again because I think that's the solution. Yeah. And um and just it's just hell. Yeah. And um I go see a therapist that I had seen the year that the boy that the guy leaves. Okay. And when I go to this therapist, she goes, can we now talk about your drinking? <laughs> and I didn't want to talk about my drinking before because I didn't want it to be a pre existing condition. Yeah. Okay. So, which is a, such a joke. You yeah, know, like, it is. It, it, <laughs> I, yeah, you know. I'm glad we got past all that. Yeah, it. it I, well, they still, it still happens though. No, um, which well, is, they actually. Oh, go, go ahead. You go ahead. No, you go ahead. It sounds like you're more knowledgeable about it than no, I. No, no, no. Just in my particular case, I end up paying the bill because okay. uh, my DWI prior DWI makes it pre-existing. Oh, okay. Now that make okay. That makes more sense. All right. Right. So I had no idea that that would affect my insurance because I okay. wasn't. I wasn't admitting I was an alcoholic. Yes. And. Okay. Um, so I go into a rehab uh, 
uh, at St. Luke's uh, downtown Denver. Mm -hmm. I was trying to get her to find one like in the mountains, you know, like I wanted to go to the mountains or maybe, (laughs) maybe California, you know, I, I wanted to, um, I I wanted to enjoy my rehab, you know, Mm -hmm. that's distorted thinking. Anyway, she's like, ah, get into downtown right now. So I, I qualify, you know, they, they make you act, they actually interview you to see if you qualify. Oh, I'm very familiar with St. Luke's and, and Lee. <laughs> oh, and great. Everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so here. <laughs> great so group. They say, I miss, I miss that whole group. So go ahead. Right. I'm sorry. Well, you know, what's so funny about it is they, so they say to me, it's like a Thursday, I think. And they say, well, okay, so come back Tuesday. Okay. And we'll have your room ready for you. Yeah. And uh, I thought. Oh my Four God, this is, this is so great. I can party my way out. Yep. So I call up friends. I get them to meet me in downtown Denver. We rent a room at the Marriott and we spend the entire four days in the Marriott bar uh, drinking to my rehab. And, um, you know, I, I'm kind of like, I would almost recommend that to people who aren't, mm-hmm. haven't hit their bottom yet, because it was my way of saying goodbye. Yeah. You know, like, I really wanted to see if life could be bearable without alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my favorite lines in the book is, we will reach, we will come, we will, one day we will not be able to live with alcohol mm-hmm. or without it, and we will know loneliness as few do. Yeah. And I had lived there for four years and I just thought maybe I should just try not drinking. Like maybe Mm -hmm. I should just try it before, you know, before I think of the alternative, which for me would have been taking myself out. Okay. So I get into the rehab and they give me this little pamphlet. And of course, because I've been drinking for four days, I'm in detox. Yep. And the pamphlet has this little, write up in it it's two pages and and i remember reading it and it it talked to my soul the way nothing had ever talked to my soul with regards to alcohol Mm -hmm. it went on to 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 describe how i felt inside how Mm -hmm. i felt around people and i just sat there weeping thinking they know me they 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 got my number yeah and if they have my number they might be able to help me yep i just thought they might and so I was willing to, to give the rehab experience mm-hmm. the best possible shot, cool. the best possible shot. Good. Now, what I love to tell people is um, I didn't go to AA. Instead, I went to a rehab that cost me thousands of dollars to take a little van to Alcoholics Anonymous. Yes. Because that's <laughs> what they do at St. Luke's is they take you to a meeting a yeah. night i think there were every two night. that were yeah every night and, a, one, and then I think they had one in-house friday right, night right right there was one in-house yeah because right. that's the one that i yeah it was standing room only in the hall and everything and lee would get up on his box and because he was kind of short uh um, i remember lee it, yeah, yeah and we'd stand in the hallway and and have our meeting i remember that great days yeah it's when i was in the phoenix concept yeah. Oh, that's great. I, I actually, uh, I was that much further down the road. I was on the board for sobriety house for Ooh. a number of years. Good for and you. Yeah. So you know yeah, all about I'm, the Phoenix concept. 
I, I love all of those places. I loved all of those places. I, w- I was the um, fourth alumni to graduate. From oh there my in gosh. 1990. That's awesome. Yeah, Ray Hayworth was my, sp- was my very first sponsor. Yeah. I, you know, Ray was part of that for a long time. I don't think, is he still, I don't know, but no, Ray's passed. Um, oh, he did pass. But the Phoenix yeah. is still going strong. Yes. Just well, like he want, and just like he wanted it to too. So good for him. And and sobriety house actually owns it now. It. Yeah, yeah, they purchased they, it. And, I was I was with them when they when they actually acquired it. Yeah. That's when I was. That was during my my tenure. Um, but uh, so where where am I at in my story? Yeah, um, uh, you were taking vans from your. Oh, vans. Yes, yes I was the ducking. Vans. I was ducking in the van so that people couldn't see me. Like those same people <laughs> saw me falling down, uh-huh. passing out. You know, but I didn't want them to see me. And, um, you know, I went to a a meeting at York Street and Carol, um, I don't know if you remember Carol, he was a guy. Um, Mm -mm. No, uh, he was telling his story that night. I think it's a Saturday night speakers meeting. And I, well, let me just jump back a little bit. In rehab, I couldn't believe they were taking me to AA. I was so pissed. (laughs) And, Somebody, you know, I would, I would um, look for a sentence, somebody, somebody in the group. So one of my peers in rehab Mm -hmm. said, you know, just maybe hear a sentence that sound that, that you can get out of it. Mm. So that's what I, I went, like I said, I was trying to make this work. I went for the sentence and Carol said the sentence I needed to hear uh, that night. And at the time I was an outpatient going to, um, so I stayed 15 days in the program and then I was outpatient going to them and meetings every day. Yep. And he said, go until you want to go today, Mm -hmm. you know? And I thought, wow, that, that actually makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't want to be here. And if you really think I can come enough to actually someday go yippee yahoo. (laughs) Okay. I'll give that a shot. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it's amazing because that's uh, cool. I I love how that came. I mean, and I love that line too. Yeah. Isn't it great? It is. And well, it's so simple. We can understand it in our, you know, hugely bright brains. We think we have. Right. You know, it's just so simple that we can understand that. Um, and I and I've used it years later. Oh. You know, there have been times when I went to Puerto Rico for school for a little over a month. And, okay. you know, a month without meetings uh, that, is that, tough. Ooh, that would be tough. It, I'd be hard pressed going a week. Yeah, it, so. it was a month without, but I did. My sponsor here was so great during that time. She okay. had everyone write letters to me. And, mm. um, and I, and they, How nice, and, man. How cool. and so I had all these letters in my, in my suitcase and I was to pull one out, uh, every day and read them, you know, read one letter. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was, it was a great tool. So, um, uh, yeah. So when I came back, I didn't want to go again. Of course, I felt <laughs> like a stranger. I didn't, uh-huh. you know, it's so easy to get disconnected is what mm-hmm. I've learned. I've heard it but I've actually experienced it and it is easy to get disconnected. So, you know, I did everything I was asked to do, you know, to me, there's some AA 101s, you know, you Mm -hmm. get a sponsor, you go to 90 meetings in 90 days, you get a commitment, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you, you do the work, you know, um, and, uh, 
I like to refer to those as the 101s. Mm -hmm. And they are as successful in my sobriety today as they were 30 years ago. Uh, I, yeah. I have a commitment. Mm -hmm. I have a sponsor. I have sponsees. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I go to my number now is not 90 and 90 anymore. <laughs> it's three, it's three a week, you know, but yeah. I, I'm very diligent about trying to hit those three a week. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, uh, yeah, it, it's really the one ones I think uh, I always newcomers have to hear, yeah. you know, th well, there is a, that's, that's a foundation of our, of our recovery. Right. Right. And in order to have good recovery, you have to have a good foundation, a good cornerstone. I mean, they talk about all this in like the first three, two chapters, how it's like a house. Um, so I work on my, I maintain my foundation every day by working steps one, two, and three every morning. That's what I do. I'm still powerless. <laughs> my life's a little less unmanageable because I'm not involved <laughs> with it anymore. Um, but I, you know, and then I, you know, I believe in a, in something that something better than me exists. And then I turn my well, my life over to that. And I do that yes. every single morning before I do anything else. The house could be burning down. I'm praying first. <laughs> well, I might so, go outside and then I'll pray, but you know. So I've actually had a few difficult years. I am the primary caretaker of my mother okay. who lives in Florida. Yes. And so I, I traveled to Florida five times at least a year okay. uh, to, to help out with her. And it's created a stress on my work. It's created, yeah. you know, it's on my personal life. And um, I've really uh, uh, been spending a lot of time, um, you know, it took me years to really see in the third step that uh, there's a, a word care in there. <laughs> uh, I, I never really heard that word. I don't yeah. know. I, I really, for, to be honest, even up to 10 years, I don't think I thought the word existed in that. Mm -hmm. I like, I just, you know, glossed over it. And, um, Jim C he's in our home group, mm -hmm. um, stressed it one day, yeah. he stressed it. Yeah. And I went, Oh my God, like, wait a minute. I don't think I, I don't think I, understand that you know yeah. i don't really think that i i i considered it turning my will in my life over to god uh -huh. you know uh I, and, and it goes back to that probably dark terrible time in new mm -hmm. orleans you know when i felt god had deserted me yeah you know i reached out to a church at that time and they mm -hmm. wouldn't help me and so wow. i really you know it took me a long time to um to, to get the spiritual, you know, to get a, a higher power of my understanding. Sure. You know, when well, I first, it, when I, it sounds like you didn't really grow up with much, you know, spirituality or religion or any understanding other than this guy's kind of a jerk to me. Other well, than that, I haven't heard any, you know, so my, you're kind my of, parents actually were very Catholic. Okay. They were very involved in the church, but ah, I was looking okay. at the hypocr hypocrisy going, okay. you know, really who cares? Okay. You know, like, to me, God was not helpful okay. and God was, the religion was hip, hypocritical. Okay. Like that, you know, they, it speaks to that actually in the book. I'm the yeah. person that, that's intolerant of the intolerance. Got it. And okay. Thank you for clarifying that very much. I appreciate that. But okay. that's what I am. I'm, I'm angry about God and okay. I'm, and I'm completely, I'm never looking for care. 
Yeah. Um, but I like to tell people, if you do the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, it makes you a promise at the end. Now, mm-hmm. my sponsor used to talk about the promises and I puke emoji. But, uh, <laughs> but this particular <laughs> promise was, um, was uh, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. Mm-hmm. You know, that happens no matter what, no matter how you approach the steps, if you yeah. even, if you, if you approach them and you do them with somebody who's solid in them. So mm-hmm. you have, yeah. so you may not be solid, but that person needs to be solid. Exactly. You get that promise. Mm-hmm. And, and my first go round was, I want a God of my understanding. Yeah. I, I want a God of my understanding. Cool. And, um, and I didn't know what that looked like. And so my, I spent many years on my second step looking at all different types of philosophies, religions. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I use the same approach. I, I tell my sponsees, go to an AA meeting at least three times before you say it sucks. Yeah. Because, you know, it could be just the first two are weird. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, I, it, and it I've can been to happen. a lot of weird meetings. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I can't say that. I can never say that I've been to a bad meeting but I can say some are different. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been to some weird meetings. Yeah. I've been definitely. Yeah. And, and I've always heard my sentence. Mm -hmm. I've always heard my sentence. So, you know, that's, that's a long time later. There is a sentence that is, that is spoken to your heart uh, provided by your spiritual pursuit that Mm -hmm. happens every meeting. If you're, if you're present and, and paying attention, Mm -hmm. um, so I try to do that. Um, I um, I spent many years going to many different uh, spiritual houses. Okay. Uh, you know, I ended up uh, where I ended up, and I'm very uh, committed to my spiritual path today. And that is, um, I ended up in an Eastern philosophy that really has no doctrine. Um, hmm. It turns out that doctrine and I, you know, had... <laughs> Just couldn't you know, see to me, eye to eye, huh? <laughs> well, doctrine's written by humans mm-hmm. usually, and yeah. you know they might have the best interest at heart, but it can't really encompass everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can just encompass a few, and so um, so my spiritual path is Taoism, and right. it actually it actually requires more effort than probably going to church once a week <laughs> yes, uh, or going a lot to temple. Of Right, right. And so it's really um, the only way you can practice it is by being present. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I still work with a sponsor today. Yeah, I still go to the meetings. Mm-hmm. I still have a commitment. Yeah. You know, I, I do what I have to do to get my ego out of the way so I can have a spiritual 11 step spiritual conscious contact. Fantastic. Yeah, and the way that you described it, because for me, spirituality is me working on myself pretty much every day. So I don't, it sounds like it's pretty spiritual. I mean, that's, you know, and I don't really consider it work anymore. It's just, you know, I enjoy doing it now. You know, I hit that place where, you know, I, I get to do this all day now, you know, and I love it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's great. And I think that's what kind of separates it because faith without works is dead. 
you know, we have to, once we have that faith, that's when I started double downing and, you know, getting out there helping God's children. Um, I was taught from the very beginning that I could help God's children no matter where I was at, as long as my intentions were correct. And my correct. sponsor told me, if you show up to a meeting, you open your mouth or don't go. Right. And if the oh. timer has to consistently oh. stop you, then you need to learn how to shut up. And that's what he told me. He's like, you talk your four minutes. And then the timer never has to tell me to be quiet. But I get to run my mouth all day doing this. <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I, I mentioned that I silently attended AA for many years. And yes. um, so I was kind of given a different direction. Um, my sponsor in California, I spent four years out in California. I did a, uh, I moved to California at two years sober. Okay. And I spent four years there and then I came back. And um, she, um, she was wonderful. And what she, I had to share once a week. Mm -hmm. And so I would always get to like the last meeting I was attending that week. And I go, oh, damn, I haven't shared this week. Put it off and uh, now I have to share whether I want to or not. Yeah. And, um, and I actually still do that today. I ask myself in the three meetings, have I shared this week? Mm -hmm. And I try to um, participate more if if I haven't. Exactly. Yeah. And we can kind of notice and that, you know, that's, that's what's great is, you know, you have long term sobriety, but you are still talking very much about accountability. Um, you know, I'm very much I, I call them accountability buddies. I just started saying that people seem to like it. You know, and I have to have, you know, at least three, four accountability buddies. And I'm doing this all, you know, it's not like I'm ever away from it, but I still need that because life happens. Um, and these people keep me on my path, you know, because, yeah, there's a lot to do, but I need to stay on my path. My path isn't over here in my wife's business. My path isn't over here in my children's business. It's right here um, and being in the now because all I really have is right now. I don't have anything. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think I mentioned before that I have now participating, participating in Al-Anon more than I, yes. you know, in the beginning, I would go every once in a while because my mom was drinking too much. Mm -hmm. And um, she was getting still she was instead of being arrested, she was now being sent to the hospitals all the time. Yeah, because you know, I live out in Denver, and she's in Florida. And it's just that the drama just has a different dress. Yeah. And um mm -hmm. Uh, you know, so I, I would go and, you know, kind of judge all the people in the room. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and now I'm a full-fledged member because uh, I have to coordinate with my brother because my mother's still in Florida. Yeah. And um, I don't want to, I don't want helping my mother to drive a wedge in our relationship. Absolutely. And so now I really, now I'm beginning to see, you know what, I'm, I'm not so great at relationships, it turns out. Well, that, that's emotion, yeah, that's emotional maturity. Right, right. Um, that right. is, that is a rule that we actually have in our family, like with my daughter, right? We don't see eye to eye. And I told her, I don't care if you don't have a good relationship with this person or I don't have this one. It doesn't affect our relationship. Right. That, is, that is not how we work in our family. Um, so I'm glad to hear that because it, it's stopping the, uh, it's stopping the generational trauma, you know, uh. of, Hey, Oh, and, 
and people picking sides. Like when a couple gets right. divorced, you feel like you need to pick a side and that's just so unfair. That's not right. And that's not, well, you know, that's not how we work. You know, we don't work that way anymore. Well, you know, it's, it's so great because, uh, you know, Al-Anon sort of filled in the gaps mm-hmm. that AA couldn't take care of. Yeah, and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it filled in the gaps for me. And, and I did actually, again, I didn't feel like I belonged. And so I, I, that is actually where my commitment is today is, is in an Al-Anon meeting. Cause mm-hmm. you know, I, I need to belong. I, yeah. I, that's what I learned is that I can't sit on the outside. Like I have during, you know, many mm-hmm. of my times in sobriety, non-sobriety, you know, um, I've been married for, uh, almost 10 years, nine, mm. nine plus years uh, for you. to a, uh, a, a sober individual. And mm-hmm. that itself takes salad on. <laughs> so. it, it does. You know, I don't think that, you know, cause I love Al-Anon and I praise Al-Anon because uh, without it, I don't know that I would have my relationship with my wife and I don't know that I'd be sober. So I'm mm. grateful to Al-Anon for helping my wife help me. Yes. And, um, Al-Anon helps you with a lot of other things like boundaries, right? Uh, that's right. where I learned boundaries is from Al-Anon, man. Great stuff in there. Um, you know, and you, you guys, you don't necessarily have to be a member. They'll let you come in and listen like they do AA right? meetings, right. you know, just don't go in and throw your alcoholism stuff in there. You just be quiet and listen, be a part of the group. So, um, yeah, you know, there's all these different ways that you can, seek help and be a part of and when i say be a part of i mean be a part of the actual group so um yesterday i wasn't able to make my meeting so i told somebody in my group you know i sent cat a message cat cat i'm not gonna make because i know that they're gonna wonder where i'm at right and i have to be accountable right that's one of my accountability things Right. right so once we get to a point where people are like um why weren't you at the meeting you know, because we worry, we don't think that you're going out drinking, but we think something might be wrong. You know, maybe you're depressed, Absolutely. maybe you're isolating. Absolutely. And especially now during this Zoom time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where we don't really see each other anywhere, but, you know, on Zoom at times. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do. I think that's that's a huge, I feel I feel such compassion for the newcomer that has to yeah. come into the room with a different setup than, than what we had. Yeah. And, and what we had, it turns out to be such an amazing process. It is. That they're, that they're only like checking into the tele, you know, onto the computer for a few minutes for, you know, yeah. they're not, you know, I smoked when I got to AA. Best yeah. thing that ever happened to me because I would sit outside on the steps of a meeting and smoke. And I, those, those were my friends. You yeah. Know? That's where you met people. That's where you right. develop your fellowship. Right. Um, it wasn't we, in the room. We, yeah. It, it's the meeting after the meetings. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is tough right now. Uh, we do have things like Facebook groups, things like that. Um, you know, so yeah, we don't have that, that we're not able to touch people, but we can still, we can, I think we can still do it. And we're going to get all that back. Yeah, um, it's are. going to, it's going to come back. And I don't think we're too far away now. I don't know. Not like I'm an expert or something, just a feeling. 
Yeah. Well, and I, and I actually do. There are live meetings in Denver now. Um, I do go to the Orchard Club if I'm down in that area. I go to the Den, which has a live mm -hmm. meeting. Dragonstone. Um, yeah, uh, I was. Yeah, you know, I, I hit a terrible bottom at 17 and just sat in the rooms and cried every mm -hmm. meeting at the Den. And um, you know, the Den is like. 90% men yeah, and so all these all these has been yeah all these big very opinionated men were just like look at me and think oh you know I definitely was getting their their compassion and uh you know it, it's you know it, it was it was a great place for me because it's about it's almost always about the first three steps those yeah. meetings they you know um and it they was always where I read, needed to they be they always read chapter five mm-hmm yep. There, yeah, uh, Bill's Brown Baggers, uh, mm -hmm. primary purpose. Um, I went to that meeting the first time in 1989. I, I was actually there for the first meeting, and the the format's the same, it hasn't changed. It yeah, is still the same. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, works I do. very I, well. I, I'm glad that I was. I'm glad that I was young when I got started because I did get to really enjoy parts of my life mm -hmm. being sober. I was 32. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that I came in at a time that the old timers kind of bossed us around, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do know. Dion, I'm your sponsor. When I first you know, came in, you didn't pick your sponsor. Your sponsor was assigned. You, you, and not only that, but you were kind of, my, my first sponsor was picked by somebody too. Yeah. And, uh, but, but you were like afraid you know, to talk yes. sometimes, you know? Yeah, I had a fear going, in, but it was a healthy fear. Yes, because the it was fear, good. The fear was this guy knows all my dark secrets. And that's the fear. The fear yeah. that this person knows. When I was right. drinking, I hated talking to my stepdad because I knew he could see right through me. Mm. I knew that he could. So I did not like talking to him at all. In fact, I was like, stop picking on me. Don't do me out. No, I love and he, him, and he, right? <laughs> and, and and he was so he was sober, right? But yeah, he's got um thirty eight years. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. Roger, yeah. Roger, and Linda Sear, my parents. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. My mom went through St. Luke's. That's oh, how that's I know so all great. about it. So that's so great. Um, and I went through the children's edition over there. So I went um, through I went through treatment at St. Luke's when I was sixteen. So. And um, I was trying to think of what the doctor's name that was there. I actually know his wife now. Uh -huh. Did it start with a W? Um, no, it was. Let me th let me think. Yeah, oh, I think I, you're I, gonna remember. Yeah. All right. Well, when it comes back to us, as soon as we're done recording, we'll put it in the. We'll post it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, he passed away, you know, and I got to know his wife, and I always tell her what an amazing person he was, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, I was so afraid that I was going to like die of liver disease and mm -hmm. he would like laugh at me and he'd say, Denise, you're going to fall and hit your head. You know, like yeah. that's how you're dying. <laughs> so, you know, like get over it. You're not going to yeah. have liver. You're not going to live long enough to get liver disease. Yeah. You know, you're you're an accident waiting to happen. That's so. the thing is we, we, we always put things real. You know, <laughs> yes. Um, Ray Hayworth's line was, "You don't know shit from apple butter." You know, mm, that's cute. I like that. And you know, yeah, I used to do a pretty good impression, but he's passed away, so I don't do it anymore. Um, 
well, he spoke through his uh, teeth. Uh -huh. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of feel, you know, Colorado is kind of getting back to our, the way that we were with recovery. Um, we're talking about people here that were big, I don't want to say big names in recovery, but they did a lot for us, including Thanks. Ray Hayworth, uh, Lee, and then the person that we're trying to figure out here. Uh, another one, big one is uh, Joe Wright. Uh, Joe Wright started Arapo House in Colorado, right. was the largest treatment center, uh, and my mom's sponsor. Oh, See, everybody great. was mean. I knew, yeah. <laughs> oh, and me and Joe was the kindest. Um, what's the best way? To, mm. She would just kick you in the butt with nicety. Mm. It, she just had this way. She just had this way, and I feel like we're getting a lot of that back now. And I'm yes. really excited for our recovery community. Yes, I am too. I am too. And I'm so glad to be a member of it. Me too. So do you have any parting words of wisdom? Um, no, just no. do it. Do it as close to one day at a time as you can, because it actually turns out that's where we, that's where it becomes easiest. If yeah. you can, if you can get it down to one day at a time. Yeah. Well, that, and that's where we live. You yeah, know, we we live in the moment. We don't. We literally have nothing else. It is ten fifty three. I don't have anything else. I, I my, don't yeah. My job is to sit here and have fun with Denise and Jill right now. That's my job. <laughs> Yay! So, all right, guys. Well, Denise, thank you very much for taking your time and coming on. I loved having you. What a fun conversation! Oh, thank um, you, Dia. Thank of, you for of thinking of me. Certainly, and uh, yeah, keep up the good work. Yeah. yeah and i'll <laughs> see you like really soon yeah in about an hour and seven minutes yeah i, I, <laughs> I think actually up, so. uh, <laughs> and and does jill do you go to meetings in denver are you in recovery go ahead jill jill's on mute right now so uh yes i am in recovery um i go to meetings um in mountain view uh, uh -huh. York Street, um, Cherry Creek Promises. Uh -huh. I'm a certified peer recovery coach. Uh huh. Um, and I'm coming up on three years. Mm -hmm. on oh, December fourth. She'll have three December years. December first. First. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's yeah, so years. great. Yes. That's Thank so you. great. So Thank Cherry you. Cherry Creek Promises was the first was was my first home group, wow. and it wow. was my home group for probably. 20 years, you know, obviously not when I was in California, but, right. um, you know, I, I stopped going one because Saturdays, that's where I, you know, uh, but people would start ask, like somebody would need something and they'd say, Oh, go ask Denise. <laughs> I thought, uh Oh, it's time for me to disappear for a while. I, yeah. Right. Too much yeah. reliability <laughs> on much, one person. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, well, but I, I spent my, my, birthday that my 30th birthday i celebrated this year at promises did you wow yeah. congratulations wow. all right guys uh that's gonna be it for tuesday's uh episode of raw recovery with denise hosted by dion miller thank you everybody for taking your time go ahead and just let it keep going and listen to the next story we will see you on friday i love you all peace out and have a day.